This is a podcast from the Business Times. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BT Mark to Market podcast. My name is Ben Paul, and I'm a senior correspondent at the Business Times. This series of podcasts, which is based on my weekly column in the Business Times, aims to provide analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore. We're in the month of December 2022, and many people I know are either making plans to travel overseas for their year-end holidays or are already enjoying themselves in some exotic city or luxurious resort. I myself have decided to delay any big travel plans until after the first quarter of next year, when hopefully airfares and hotel rates come back down to earth. In the meantime, I've been observing the massive surge in profitability at Singapore Airlines, arguably the most obvious beneficiary in the local market of the post-pandemic resurgence in international travel. With the growing number of people wanting to travel, SIA has been adding back flight capacity and repositioning its fleet to make the most of the recovery. But it has also been repositioning its balance sheet, which was fortified by a massive issue of so-called mandatory convertible bonds, or MCBs, in 2020 and 2021. And perhaps more interestingly, SIA recently announced a corporate deal that will see it end up with a more than 25% stake in Air India. So in this podcast, I will talk about each of these recent developments at SIA and what they could mean for shareholders of the airline group in 2023 and beyond. And spoiler alert, while there is a lot of positive sentiment in the market about SIA and a lot of momentum behind its share price, I think investors ought to be careful with this particular stock in the months ahead. At the beginning of 2022, the mark-to-market column noted that there was a huge amount of optimism in the global market as COVID vaccines became increasingly available and international borders began reopening. But the column warned at the time that COVID risks would not be completely eliminated in 2022 and that rising inflation and interest rates would be a major headwind for the markets. Looking back now, this view seems to have been largely correct. At the point of this podcast recording, the S&P 500 is down about 17.5% since the beginning of the year. The Straits Times Index has held up better. It is currently up about 3.3% since the beginning of the year. Of course, there was a lot of volatility during the year in reaction to inflation data and geopolitical developments and other factors. But since the fourth quarter of this year, there's definitely been a surge in optimism, with investors now betting that central banks will soon be able to slow the pace of their monetary tightening as inflation begins subsiding. There is also a lot of excitement now about China lifting its COVID restrictions following recent protests around the country. Since the end of September, the S&P 500 has rallied about 9.7%, while the STI is up about 3%. Against this backdrop, SIA has performed quite well. The stock is up nearly 12% since the beginning of the year, outperforming the STI by a long way. And since the end of September, it has bounced more than 9%. Underpinning the strength of this stock is a very, very strong earnings recovery. SIA has a March 30 financial year end. For the six months to September 30, which is the first half of its 2023 financial year end, it reported a nearly 200% jump in revenue to more than $8.4 billion. Net profit for the six months came in at $927 million compared to a loss 
of 837 million for the same period last year. Now, the fact that SIA reported a recovery in profitability was not really a surprise for the market. The SIA group, which includes low-cost carrier Scoot, carried 11.4 million passengers during the six months to September 30, which was a 13-fold jump from the year before. Its passenger load factor rose 66.8 percentage points to 83%. So SIA was bound to return to profitability with that surge in international travel. But it was still remarkable to me how much money SIA made in the six-month period. To put it in perspective, SIA delivered a record operating profit of more than $1.2 billion for the period, versus an operating loss of $620 million last year, despite its capacity not having fully recovered to pre-pandemic levels. SIA said its capacity during the three months to September 30 was still averaging about 68% of pre-pandemic levels. Clearly, passengers were really paying up for their seats. For the three months to September 30, SIA said its quarterly revenue per available seat kilometer hit the highest level in its entire history. With the continued recovery in international travel, SIA is likely to see its passenger numbers continue rising in 2023. In particular, SIA said when it released its results for the six months that passenger traffic and load factors were robust across all cabin classes and route regions, except in East Asia, where many border restrictions had not been lifted. But over the past week, there have been several news reports of China preparing to ease its COVID controls. SIA and Scoot are already reintroducing flights to various cities in China, so they're well positioned to ride this reopening. In fact, SIA said last month that it is increasing flight frequencies in multiple destinations in East Asia, as well as Southeast Asia. It is also increasing its Airbus A380 services to Australia during the summer operating season. SIA said it expects its flight frequencies to reach or exceed pre-pandemic levels in multiple destinations across East Asia and Southeast Asia by March 2024. With its stronger financial performance and a long recovery runway ahead of it, SIA has now started to compensate its financial stakeholders for their patients. It has announced the resumption of its dividend payouts, declaring an interim dividend of 10 cents per share for the six months to September 30. This amounts to a payout of $297 million, which will be dispersed just before Christmas on December 22. More significantly, SIA has also said it will redeem the first $3.5 billion tranche of its MCBs, which I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. The redemption of the accreted principal amount of these MCBs will cost SIA nearly $3.9 billion. The MCB holders will get this money on December the 8th. This is a significant adjustment to its balance sheet. Many investors will remember that at the onset of the pandemic in 2020, SIA unveiled plans to raise as much as $15 billion to sustain itself. This comprised $5.3 billion through the issue of 1.78 billion new shares and $9.7 billion through the issue of MCBs. The new shares, issued at a deeply discounted price of $3 each, were fully taken up by SIA's shareholders. But the MCBs were poorly received. Tamasic, which owned just over 55% of SIA, had to take up nearly 96% of the first $3.5 billion tranche in 2020, and nearly 95% of the second $6.2 billion tranche last year.
In fact, Tamasic's exposure to SIA's MCBs ended up being greater than the market value of its stake in the airline. It's hard to overstate how crucial these MCBs have been to SIA's survival. These 10-year zero-coupon instruments are mandatorily convertible only in June 2030 and are treated as equity in SIA's books. This made SIA one of the best capitalized airlines in the world during what has been perhaps the worst crisis ever for the industry. What impact does the redemption of SIA's MCBs have on its shareholders? And what are the trade-offs for the airline group for doing this redemption? I'm going to talk about that next. Partnering you on your wealth and investment journey. Bringing you insights to make well-timed market moves. Sharing actionable personal financial tips. Helping you protect and grow your wealth. Analyzing Singapore's market trends and corporate issues. Supporting you through your Singapore property journey. Insights from your trusted partner, the Business Times Podcasts. Are you listening? And now, back to Mark to Market from the Business Times. Before going any further, I think it would be a good idea for me to lay out some of my personal biases about SIA. First of all, I'm a big fan of SIA. Unless I have no choice in the matter, I never fail to choose SIA over its competitors when I travel, even if it means paying more for the ticket. And let's face it, flying with SIA always costs more. But I've never felt the urge to own shares in SIA because the investment fundamentals of airlines are generally terrible. Airlines like SIA operate in an industry plagued by cutthroat competition. Fuel costs are unpredictable and, in SIA's case, swallowed up almost one-third of its revenue over the decade leading up to the pandemic. SIA also has to constantly invest in new aircraft in order to maintain its edge and ensure that it has the most fuel-efficient equipment. Now, don't get me wrong. Despite the poor investment fundamentals of its business, SIA always had first-rate management. From 2000 up until just before the pandemic, SIA had managed to stay in the black for every full financial year and pay a dividend. That was quite a feat when you consider that, over those two decades, the airline had to cope with the fallout of the 9-11 terrorist strike, the global financial crisis, massive volatility in oil prices, and the rise of low-cost carriers, which were a major disruptive force for the established full-service airlines. But when you look at that long period of profitability, you can see that SIA's margins were not really that great. During the 10-year period leading up to just before the pandemic, SIA's earnings have amounted to less than 3.9% of its revenue. Over the same period, its annual return on equity averaged less than 4.6%. At the beginning of this podcast, I said that SIA has performed quite well since the beginning of this year, fueled by a strong recovery in earnings. And there will be good opportunities to trade its stock from time to time. But in my view, SIA and airlines in general are not good long-term investments. Having said that, this is an interesting moment for SIA. As I mentioned earlier, it is very well capitalized. As at September 30, the group had shareholders' equity of $23.2 billion. It had cash balances of $17.5 billion versus total debt balances of $15.8 billion. 
SIA also said it had access to $2.2 billion of committed lines of credit, all of which remain undrawn. Combined with its surging profitability, this gives SIA a lot of options. For instance, the airline group could use its elevated profitability to redeem its MCBs and accelerate its investment in new aircraft and cabin products. Or it can choose to pursue big strategic objectives, such as building up its presence in the low-cost carrier segment of the market, or accelerating its multi-hub strategy to participate in traffic growth in other parts of the world. As an investor, with the biases I mentioned earlier, I would much prefer to see SIA focus on redeeming its MCBs. Investors are not currently concerned about the potential dilutive effect of these instruments because they will only be mandatorily converted into shares in 2030, which is quite a long time away. But the cost of redeeming these MCBs will rise over time. The yield they offer will step up from 4% to 5% after the fourth year and up to 6% after the seventh year. And more importantly, SIA's profitability might not always be as elevated as it currently is. SIA was able to quickly reinstate flights as borders reopen and reap very lucrative fares from people who desperately wanted to travel. But over time, SIA's profitability will be constrained by competition as other airlines expand capacity. So it makes sense, in my view, for SIA to redeem the MCBs sooner rather than later. But SIA seems to be trying to do several things at the same time. Besides resuming its dividend payouts and redeeming the first tranche of its MCBs, it has also announced a significant deal to strengthen its foothold in India. The salient points of this deal, which was unveiled on November 29, are that Vistara, an India-based airline in which SIA holds a 49% stake, will merge with Air India. SIA's 49% stake in Vistara will give it an approximately 20.6% stake in the enlarged Air India, but SIA will invest a further 20.6 billion rupees, or about $360 million, to increase its stake to 25.1%. On top of that, SIA has agreed to inject a further 50.2 billion rupees, or about $880 million, into Air India after the merger. Vistara is a joint venture between SIA and India's Tata Group. They started this full-service carrier together back in 2013, with Tata holding 51% of the airline and SIA holding the other 49%. Tata acquired 100% of Air India early this year, so this merger would be a sort of consolidation of Tata's airline interests. SIA has said the deal will reinforce its partnership with Tata and provide it with a strategic stake in an entity that is as much as five times as large as Vistara. The enlarged Air India would be the largest international carrier in India and the country's second largest domestic carrier. India is, of course, a fast-growing aviation hub and Air India has valuable slots and air traffic rights at domestic and international airports that were not available to Vistara. So this deal makes a lot of strategic sense for SIA. But analysts have pointed out that both Vistara and Air India are currently loss-making. In fact, the carrying value of SIA's 49% stake in Vistara has been written down to zero. The financial effect of the deal is likely to be a one-time boost to SIA's bottom line 
in its financial year ended March 2024, which is when the transaction is expected to be completed, as SIA recognizes an accounting gain of more than $1.1 billion on its stake in Vistara. But SIA will also have to equity account for its share of the enlarged Air India's losses once the deal is sealed, which would lower its expected earnings for its financial year ended March 2025 and beyond for however long it takes for Air India to return to the black. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that SIA should not fold its 49% stake in Vistara into Air India. In the light of its partner in Vistara, now owning Air India, the move is perfectly sensible. The enlarged Air India probably does have better profitability prospects than Vistara on its own. But until the enlarged Air India actually returns to profitability, I don't think the market is going to give SIA much credit for its presence in India. In fact, I suspect the deal is going to dilute optimism about SIA's continued operational recovery as borders reopen in China and more and more people take to the skies. Looking at how some analysts have adjusted their forecasts since the announcement of the deal in India, it seems that investors should expect to see flat earnings for SIA in FY 2024, followed by possibly lower earnings in FY 2025 after the big improvement that's currently unfolding for FY 2023. Given this likely earnings trajectory, I think investors should tread cautiously with SIA. The group is on its way to a banner FY 2023, but even as its business operations continue recovering into FY 2024, its stock might begin to struggle on expectation of lower recurring earnings, not to mention the need to eventually redeem the rest of its outstanding MCBs. I'm Senior Correspondent Ben Paul, and that's it for this episode of Mark to Market. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.